Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. We are part of the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. I have my co-host, Simon Hunter, with me. And Simon, I know you're going to be very excited about what happened last week because something very interesting happened. You are my BFF. You are my professional football betting buddy. So you would be thrilled that as March Madness was beginning, the trending Twitter sphere was dominated not by Gonzaga or Michigan or 12 versus five bracket busters. It was dominated by NFL free agency. And by the way, Simon, it wasn't like Tom Brady signed. It was John Brown signed. Curtis Samuel signed with Washington. Ryan Fitzpatrick signed with Washington. Not big names, but that was big enough for our Twitter obsessives. Simon, my buddy, the joy of Northern England, the pride of South Jersey. How did that make you feel? Oh, Chad, the intro, always so good. Yeah, it was hilarious how many people hit me up. I was like, can we just enjoy these college basketball games just for a weekend? But no, there are no off days with the NFL. And uh, yeah, we'll talk. We're definitely going to dive in. We'll talk about our own personal teams, the misery we're going through with all this free agency. And uh, man, it's, I mean, we can all agree the biggest, second biggest sport in America is the NBA. And you saw the NBA is going to sign a new TV deal, big number. $8 $8 billion. That's, that's a lot of money. And then you just see the NFL coming over and over top saying, yeah, we're doing a $110 billion deal TV deal. So NFL is King. It's just, it's just so far ahead of all the other sports. It's pretty crazy. Just how obsessed the fans are with it. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in on everything that happened these last couple of weeks. Well, look, you, you, you mentioned uh, your team struggling. My team, no heartbreak whatsoever because of all the free agency news, for those of us who love the Bears, uh, our national nightmare is over because Mitch Trubisky has moved on. And who has he signed with? Producer Matt Mitchell, who has he signed with? Your beloved Buffalo Bills. What do you think of that, buddy? Chad, I've played fantasy college football since 2000. And in 2016, UNC's Mitch Trubisky was my fantasy quarterback. Then he gets drafted by Chicago. All my in-laws are Bears fans. And now he signs with Buffalo. So this is going to be six seasons where I can't get this guy out of my fucking life. So as a Bills fan, we, we can't light enough Josh Allen prayer candles to adequately protect his precious, precious body to prevent Mitch Trubisky from taking the field. And if it wasn't illegal... I'd kidnap him and encase him in Lucite like a giant fancy paperweight because if I see Josh Allen go down, I'm just going to calmly turn my TV off, unplug it, put it in my car, drive it a mile down the road, and I'll just toss it into Lake Michigan. Yeah, I feel so bad for you. This couldn't be any worse. Like this is the, I already bet my Buffalo Bills future and I wish I was getting a refund. I understand how you feel there, you know, especially when you're, when you're backing Mitch Trubisky, or as our, our old pal Stucky would call him, Mitch Bortles, it never feels good. You've just been Bortled. Bortled. Every set for Trubisky. With time, downfield, wants Robinson. Intercepted by Shaquille. And intercepted again by Shaquille Griffin. And it's intercepted. 
intercepted. Trubisky over the middle. Intercepted. Mitchell Trubisky gets caught trying to force something in there. Trubisky fading back. And New England's got the football picked off. Pass deep downfield into a lot of traffic, and that is... It's going to be picked off at the 36-yard line. And that's intercepted at the 40-yard line. Overthrow. You did not have to do that. You did not have to do that. You, you're forcing something in there. Well, look, now, Simon, we're not even going to get into this because Andy Dalton is now the quarterback of, of the Chicago Bears, and it can't get worse than that no matter how bad it has gotten for the Philadelphia Eagles. Chad, we just brought in Joe Flacco for a workout. Joe Flacco. So it can get worse. But yeah, that's what I was about to say. You're throwing a lot of stones in a glass house there. Feeling pretty high and mighty about getting rid of Mitch Trubisky for Andy Dalton. I, I don't know. We'll definitely talk about it when the season gets closer. But I feel so bad for Bears fans. It was like they went for it. They went for Russ. It didn't work out. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, obviously, the whole thing going with Watson. They didn't want to touch that whole situation. So they were like, you know what? Andy Dalton, let's bring him in. And there's people that are defending Andy Dalton. Be like, hey, this guy's been in the playoffs a bunch of times. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, man. It, it's He's kind of a stopgap. I think, I don't know, because of the GM, and we'll talk about, like, your guy's owner. This is everything. Like, this is their last season, supposedly. But I don't know how they weren't fired after the whole Mitch thing. So who, who knows what's going on in Chicago? Dude, they weren't fired because the owner stood in front of the, the media and gave a press conference and said, I'm keeping him around for one more year, but I'm not giving him extension. I feel like they've earned it because Ryan Pace found a, a wide receiver in the sixth round who performed really well this year. Swear to God, that's what he said. But you said one other thing. You said, we'll, get, we'll talk about it as the season gets closer. Dude, the NFL season never ends. Like free agency, there's new rights deals you mentioned. that Yesterday, it was trending on Twitter that the draft will have in-person attendance. And so, like, we're going to discuss all of that, how it impacts future odds, how it impacts fantasy productions, projections. We're going to discuss all that with not just Simon Hunter, who is one of our newest employees, but one of my new favorite people, at Action Network, and someone I truly can't stand. Samantha Praviti, our newest Action Network analyst and TikTok star, and Matthew Friedman, who is actually, by the way, I've done the math, he is atop our Action Network leaderboard as most likely to get fired slightly ahead of Simon Hunter, who is racing up very, very quickly. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Chad. Uh, it's great. I mean, the odds really should be, am I fired while we're recording this podcast or not? Um, I, I like my chances of being inflammatory enough to get fired, but uh, you never know. Simon might outdo me and uh, get fired first, but I can still get fired on the show. I'm really excited to be here uh, and to talk more about Mitchell Trubisky and to rub as much salt in your wounds as I can. Not my problem anymore. It's all Matt Mitchell's. Uh, Samantha, Hello. Welcome to your first appearance on the Favorites Podcast. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. And that was quite an intro, so thank you. Well, listen, I, I do think before we even get into it, I think you should share with listeners because it's the first time that people are getting a chance to be introduced to you on the podcast uh, in the Action Network universe. So explain to people your path from what you were doing to uh, fantasy analyst it really a beloved media business um, that really it, it couldn't be a better spot. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I was previously at the New York Post as the director of analytics and sort of started to do the fantasy stuff on the side. It became a much bigger thing and I'm kind of best known, quote unquote, for silly TikToks. Uh, I mean, I would take basically my start sit articles, my waiver wire articles and try to make them into like different types of content. So that included doing handstands and giving start set advice at the same time. So really kind of out there type stuff, just embarrassing myself in front of Gen Z. It's very exciting. Um, and then I just, you know, this season was the first season that I got very involved with like the fantasy community. I would say like being part of Scott Fishbowl really helped with that. Just meeting a lot of new people and everything like that. And, you know, Matthew, was kind enough to slide into my DMs, not in a creepy way, just like a normal way. And was like, hey, like, why don't we just, why don't we chat about action? And um, I'm just like so excited to be here. So yeah, I guess that's my little circuitous path. Thank you for clarifying, by the way. Thank you. Definitely not, not creepy, but. (laughs) Yeah, it's good you clarified because that just could have been one more reason why I want to fire Matthew Friedman. Well, listen, you're doing fantastic work. Uh, The most amazing thing for me, was you mentioned you were at the New York Post, you were the director of analytics there. So you weren't even in a sort of official professional journalism role. And yet, how many stories did you write for the New York Post in 2020? In 2020, I think it was about 450 articles, uh, which was about I think 23 million page views in 2020. So a significant amount of work that was layered on top of my normal job duties. I was not paid or compensated for any of that stuff, which kind of shocks a lot of people to know that I wrote 600 and something articles for free, but uh, it's all part of the hustle. And I just, I really loved it. I never complained for a second because it's just, uh, it's so exciting to be able to talk about this stuff. It really doesn't feel like work to me. So that's why it's been great to be here. Well, listen, there's no doubt that we can turn this from fun into work in no time flat. Uh, I have full confidence. So uh, welcome to Action. Welcome to the Favorites Podcast on the Volume Network. We're thrilled that you're here. Um, oh, my God, there have been so many signings, starting with you, Simon Hunter. Tell me from the last week, the most impactful signing that you've seen that would make you consider betting on a team. Uh, I'd be easier to say which ones happened. I'd make it so I won't bet on these teams. Um, I'm already in on Washington. They signed Fitzpatrick. So that's fun. That's good. Yeah, he has some upside, but eh. I don't think either of us feel great about our futures. That doesn't really do much for us. And then with Cam, with the Patriots, I loved a lot of the moves the Patriots made. I mean, both those tight ends, they're both everyone's one and two free agent tight ends. And they signed both of them. I I just don't really get the move with Cam. Um, Maybe people are saying it's true. They still have other money left over to make a move to get a quarterback in there. He's being paid backup quarterback money. I I just don't know. I don't know. They – if they come into the season with Cam, it kind of makes it so I don't value any kind of future on the Patriots. So those are two moves at quarterback positions that just didn't really do much for me. So there hasn't really been any move that's like, oh, this has really improved this team so much I need to jump on. So it's kind of been a fun free agent period, but not really. It's kind of been a dud. Right. Well, that's that's what's interesting. Friedman, it feels like there's been a lot of activity 
and a lot of people being signed. And yet, do any of these people move the needle for any team whatsoever? I'm going to disagree a little bit with Simon on Washington. Not that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to propel this team to a Super Bowl, but the defense should continue to improve. And it was pretty good at the end of last season. I think it will be a little bit better this year. And Fitzpatrick should be better than, I mean, the the combination that they had last year of Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith, like he, he can't be any worse. I think at a minimum, he gives them more upside. Uh, maybe he gives them more downside, but he also gives them more upside and in the futures market. That's really what we're looking for. And so in terms of, you know, their odds to win the Super Bowl, I don't think it changes much, but their odds to win the division, that's a little more intriguing. I, I think they're a little more live there adding Curtis Samuel, like that offense should be markedly better than it was last year. So I do think that the Fitzpatrick signing is a little bit interesting. And for Cam, I agree. I don't think it really does much for the Patriots in terms of their odds to win the Super Bowl. But for fantasy, uh, Cam Newton is once again, someone who's kind of intriguing as a guy you can get late in drafts, but who has a lot of capability with his rushing. Does he really though? Samantha, like, does Cam Newton really have capability with his rushing? It felt like he's going to score. He might score a lot of touchdowns, but like, to me, that also felt kind of fluky last year. And that's not where you want to have Cam Newton sort of on a game-to-game basis. I don't know if it necessarily felt fluky. He ended up finishing as QB20, and I do feel like the rushing offsets some of the anemic passing. He only passed for eight touchdowns last year, but we've seen him consistently sort of put up that like 500 rushing yards number or more every season, which gives you a really safe floor for fantasy. So I think he finished as QB20 with the – I mean, Julian Edelman was like injured all season and their best pass catcher was probably James White here. So, uh, you know, with all these additions that they've made, I can certainly see him being impactful and probably a good draft day steal. I can't believe it took you all of one question to go against me and to side with Friedman. Am I already fired? <laughs> well, you're moving up the draft. You're moving up the board pretty quickly. I can't believe I got all three of the people most likely to be fired on the podcast at the exact same time. It's amazing to me. Simon. That might say more about you, Chad. What does it say about me, Friedman? I don't know that everyone you look at is a threat. Someone you might want to fire. Hmm. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I'm looking at you right now. That's the person I most want to fire. Simon Hunter. You want to talk a little bit about your Eagles dilemma right now? No real dilemma. It's, it's a lot of noise. And um, I try to just not hear like, listen, like local radio, any of that, and just read the beat writers in the area. But it sounds like it's real that we might take a quarterback at the top of this draft. And I know that there's a rumor came out that the owner wants to give him a year and the owner is like really on top of this and like wants, wants to do that. And I'm so in on that move. I, I hate that we would just draft another quarterback and I'm in the exact same position that we were just in this past off season. So as an Eagles fan, I'm, I'm really hoping they either take the tight end from Florida pits or they, they draft one of these receivers. Um, everyone has different rankings and they have different ways of looking at it. Jamar Chase, incredible. He took the season off. He's like 20 years old from LSU. The kid's a freak. But 
I just want what I know is good, and that's Smith from Alabama. The kid won the Heisman, and he has that quality that's uncoachable, unteachable. You're either born with it or not. And that's just scoring. The kid can just get to the end zone. And he gets in the open field. I know it's the same thing with Jerry Rice. I remember they talked about Jerry Rice. Not fast, coming out of college. This guy won't burn you. You watch that old game film. When he gets the ball in his hands, Jerry Rice would burn people back in the day. And I think it's the same thing with Smith. He's just an underrated guy. So as an Eagles fan, I know how he's going to screw it up some way because he's the worst general manager. But I'm praying he just takes one of these weapons with the pick, the sixth pick. Are you, uh, and this is a good question for Samantha and for Matthew. Let's start with you, Samantha. Sticking on the Eagles for a second. Like, how much of a believer can you be in Jalen Hurts based on what he did? And should he be the quarterback that should be leading the Eagles when we get into the season? I do think he should be the quarterback going into the season. I think he showed a lot of really great things, uh, some rookie mistakes, some points, and definitely some moments where you could see where he could improve. But especially for fantasy purposes, I'm very excited for him. He was a rock star. I think he was a league winner for some people. Absolutely. So he definitely offers a lot of upside. And I would love, um, like you said, Simon, if they went with like pits or something like that, I think especially with like their system being pretty tight end friendly. I would love to see that, uh, that fit there. Freeman, I know you got something to say here. You're dying to jump in. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, agree with Samantha. A lot of that was because of the rushing ability that he has. Uh, I don't think that's going anywhere. Uh, he has some Lamar Jackson type of capabilities. Uh, maybe he takes a step forward. I've, I've bet him at a hundred to one to be the MVP. That's now 66 to one at DraftKings. Probably not going to happen, but I mean, I still, I like the odds at hundred to one and in terms of who they should draft. Yeah. Kyle Pitts, he makes a lot of sense in that two tight end system, but then you could also go with whatever of those wide receivers. They certainly need help at the position. Lamar Chase is the guy I prefer a little bit more, but if you went with Devonte Smith, I wouldn't think you were making a mistake, but they do need to get Jalen Hurts some receiving weapons. Simon's head just perked up when you said you bet Jalen Hurts at 100 to 1 to win the MVP. I'm right there with him. I bet it too, but it, like like you just said, it was a pure value bet. I don't have any real faith in it where I saw, just like Samantha, I saw flashes too, but I also saw a guy that didn't do well with second half adjustments. He panics. He looks down at it. He looks down too quick and pulls, a bun that, pulls the ball down and runs a lot. So it's like you just said, we're betting on a second-year quarterback that's going to be a new offensive scheme. It's worth the upside, but faith in this Eagles team, uh, none. I, I go through all the numbers. We have so many holes. So if, if he can get this team to 11-5, and 12-4, I, I honestly do think he could win MVP this upcoming season. Well, look, all of a sudden, the NFC East as a, as a conference, as a division, is truly fascinating because you've got the Eagles, new system, new coach, Quarterback who is going to be in his second year. You don't know what's going to be happening there. You've got the Cowboys who re-signed Dak Prescott and gave him all the money. So now they have nothing to build with a defense that was already just atrociously bad. Um, then you've got the Giants. And I want to get to the Kenny Galladay signing and Saquon Barkley coming back. And, then, and they had a really good defense. And they also, like, they re-signed Leonard Williams and gave him a whole bag of money. So, and then you got Washington, which has probably the best front four in the NFL. And they signed a quarterback who, to me, like you said, Freeman, has enough upside to make you excited about the division. I'm not really thrilled about my futures bet on them anymore, but give me a full handicap, starting with you, Simon, 
on the NFC East division odds as you see them right now? You don't have to tell me like who the best value is. Tell me who you think is most likely to win the division. I was right there with him. Like I liked Washington coming into it. I, I just thought if they could just find an upgrade, a QB and I don't have the greatest opinion on Fitz, but I think we all agree. It's he's been on 30 different teams in NFL. There's only 32 teams. So he's definitely a journeyman. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. magic. But from looking at a value perspective, that, that is tough to say. Cause like, remember last year you wanted to do the giants and I talked to you off of it. Cause I just said, we don't trust Daniel Jones. And, and once again, they've made all these moves. That's another team. They've spent a lot of money. And did it really do anything for any of us? Not really, because it's still Daniel Jones. So for upside, it, it's going to be that with the Giants, where if he can somehow figure it out, that team has so many pieces around him that he should be better. And that offense should be better, especially with Saquon back. Now they have Gallaudet. But, man, I, I can't tell people listening to this, put their money on him. I'd rather put the money on, like, he, like Matt was saying, the Washington defense. That's the most com- to me. That's the best thing in this entire division is that defense. I think they're better than Dallas's offense. So, for me, when I'm just looking at that th- for this division, I still feel more more comfortable betting Washington. I don't know, man. The, I guess the question, Samantha. The question is with Kenny Galladay, with Saquon Barkley back. All of a sudden, do we end up having more faith in Daniel Jones? Not really. I would say just to the original question, I would say that I think Washington is the more complete team. They seem to have more of the pieces there. And like Matthew mentioned about what the rotating cast of quarterbacks, Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins and a lot of that, I think a lot of that like dysfunction and just legacy kind of stuff about Washington makes them a really good value pick too in general, because people tend to undervalue the team itself in terms of the Giants, I mean, I think that Matthew and I are both on the same page about the Ken and Galladay signing, especially from a fantasy perspective, just because we have very little faith in Jones. I think that I was actually one of the people that was high on him going into the season. I thought he would make that year two leap. And it, it seemed like he took a huge, huge step back. And, you know, it doesn't help that the Giants O-line allowed, I think, the 31st, the second most sacks in the NFL. Um, I think it was like 3.1 sacks per game. So he's got no protection and Daniel Jones is iffy at best. He's kind of like a, I think he's in like a drew lock type position this year where they're surrounding him with weapons and it's like make or break. Like he got Kenny Galladay last year, drew lock got Jerry Judy and a number of other weapons and he still wasn't good. So I kind of don't think that any of these signings are going to make the giants um, a winning team this season. Friedman, why don't we have any faith in Daniel Jones? I get that everyone's saying they don't, but why not? Like, why can't he get better with better weapons? Aren't there, aren't there examples of quarterbacks who have gotten better with better weapons? Answer the first question first. Uh, I'm not going to answer the first question first in the, the hope of getting fired. There are quarterbacks who have progressed and we saw it last year with Josh Allen. Uh, I think, you know, the big difference is that as great as Kenny Galladay is, Stefan Diggs uh, is a different type of receiver who can win with separation. And when a guy is open downfield, it's a lot easier to hit him and make it look like a good throw versus Kenny Galladay, who's a contested catch artist. It's a little bit hard for a player like that to elevate a quarterback. Uh, and plus, Josh Allen it's a rarity. Uh, It's not often that a guy 
is you know, pretty subpar his first couple of seasons. It really relies a lot on his legs. And then in year three transitions into a guy who can really pass it, pass it with accuracy, pass it in all layers of the field. And all of a sudden your offense changes on top of that. I'll just say, I don't want to have anything to do with a quarterback who has to count on Jason Garrett to develop. Uh, it happened with Tony Romo, but I think that's more Romo and less Jason Garrett. So uh, if you're asking me to back a team that has Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator, there is no way I'm going to do it unless that team is getting like plus 800 odds or something like that. So absolutely, I'm with Samantha. I'm hands off on Daniel Jones. And from a fantasy perspective, Kenny Galladay, although I have a high opinion of him, I think the situation that he's in means that right now he has not much upside and quite a bit downside. I think you, listen, I, I said all last year that I thought Daniel Jones was getting too much credit coming into the year. He is not a good quarterback and had not developed. And for some reason, like Mitch Trubisky, who was much, much better in his second year, gets slammed for being a total bust, whereas everyone kept saying Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, you know, continues to get the upside and the the benefit of the doubt. Um, But what are you saying? What are you seeing in Daniel Jones that makes you think, he cannot develop. It can't be like Tony Romo was the anomaly with Jason Garrett. It can't be that Stefan Diggs was the anomaly with Josh Allen. Like those are just two anomalies. Like what is it specifically about Jones? I mean, I'm not a quarterback guru. So my opinion on sort of watching him means almost nothing, but I'll just say it doesn't (laughs) seem as if he actually is good at progressing from his first read to his second and third reads. So if the obvious immediate schemed throw is not there, he's not good at progressing to the next guy he should be throwing to or moving out of the pocket and creating something out of nothing. And behind an offensive line that isn't giving him good protection, it's really necessary for him to be able to create a little bit more than your average passer. So the combination of inability to move from first read to second read and inability to create behind an offensive line that isn't giving him the protection that a quarterback needs, that to me signals an inability to progress. Go ahead, Simon. I was going to say, for his mechanics, it's it's basically everything he just said. And he has small hands. That was a knock coming in under the year. We've seen it. He fumbles a lot when he gets bodies in around him. So right now, his regression has been his body being underneath him. He sets his feet to throw. He doesn't set him right. He doesn't keep his body underneath him so that he's putting all of his weight into his throw. So he's just, like you guys just said, he's not progressed at all. And he's one of those guys where I just don't have faith in him. That's why, like, I'm not betting on him. And... Who knows? Like you just said, Josh Allen had that crazy year last year. He turned it around. I talked about this upcoming season. I'm going to fade Josh Allen because you just know there's going to be regression. That's just the NFL. Teams figure out. We always talk about there's three to four great quarterbacks any given time in the league. Like it takes so much to be great in this league. So for me, I always look for those positions of fading these quarterbacks after a great year. So like we saw last year with Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers, we faded them last year. They just weren't the same team and it worked out. So that's one of those the NFL just so much turnover that with Daniel Jones, I could see him not being good this year. And just like Mitch, he'll be let go after this season. One more thing to, to add on to this. 
what you saw with Josh Allen in progression from year one to year two was that he actually did improve as a passer in terms of his ability to move the ball down the field. So he moved from 5.4 to 6.7 adjusted yards per attempt from year one to year two. With Daniel Jones, he actually regressed last year, which moving from year one to year two is a massive red flag. 6.5 adjusted yards per attempt to 6.1. It's very rare for a guy to get significantly worse in year two and then take a big step forward in year three. Simon, we debated betting the Giants and pulled the trigger on the Giants. I feel like we did that last year 75 times. <laughs> That's just because of value, though, because we're just talking about no one likes no one liked Daniel Jones. So I wasn't telling you to do that week two or three, but by week 10, 11, that's what we do, baby. It was the same thing with the Jets. You were so mad at me. And I was telling you we have to take the Jets. It's like, this is the time. They can't, they're not going to go 0 16 against the spread. We have to get on the Jets eventually. So it's one of those. I'll talk, people are going to hear it all season. I'm going to shit on a lot of teams often. That's about 90% of the teams I bet on. That's just how I make my living. So I, I, people get so upset about it. That's where you find value or in bad teams. So yeah, we're, we're going to be betting on the Giants this upcoming season, but we're going to be fading them early on for sure. By the way, by the way, I totally remember last week of the season. We are desperately needing the Giants against the Cowboys. And it is a terrible, terrible game. And it's a gray, sleety day in Connecticut. I finally get one of my kids out of the house, take him to like some small, crappy ski mountain with a buddy. And I'm sitting in the parking lot because it's too far away to go home and come back. And I know that they're going to want to do this for about 15 minutes. So I get him out there. I'm sitting in a parking lot, listening to the radio and like, knowing that the Giants just need to kneel down to end the game and us to win our bet and stay in the money for DraftKings. And of course they fumble the ball and then recover it. Like they have to give us the heart attack in the last play of the game. Um, all right. I want to switch it up. I want to go to a different team because another team that I have a big futures bet on the Las Vegas Raiders, Samantha, the Las Vegas Raiders have signed who did they sign? Kenyon Drake as a backup running back. So what is that saying about Josh Jacobs right now? They signed John Brown as a receiver. How many more down the field speed receivers who probably aren't that great at running routes do they need? Why does John Gruden get to keep his job forever and ever and ever as if these are good ideas? And they also, didn't they trade away like half their offensive line of the Patriots? So like, Tell me, what am I supposed to think about the Raiders? Where is the value in terms of player, in terms of thinking about fantasy? It's a lot of questions I'm throwing at you, but, you know, you're a director of analytics in a former life. So, you know, fucking analyze the question. That's funny. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely cause for concern with the offensive line. Those are some pretty major losses for them. And that obviously has huge downstream effects to a lot of different parts of the game. And it's been interesting to see how they've handled free agency going after a running back when they seem to have an RB one, um, you know, Josh Jacobs has his moments, but he still finishes a thousand yard rusher, finishes RB 14 for, for fantasy. So getting Drake seems very strange to me. Um, and then, yeah, getting another stretch the field type guy when you have Derek Carr as your quarterback 
a lot of that doesn't seem to add up, especially when you don't have an offensive line. So I really don't know like what to think of them as a team, but it doesn't seem like a good situation for betting or fantasy. Just, it just feels like until they make the right additions, uh, you know, it, these kind of don't really matter that much. Um, I don't, I obviously hate the signing the Drake and Josh team out of the, out of the backfield. Now um, I think that that really hurts Josh's Josh Jacobs value for fantasy and, you know, Kenyon Drake could, I think we went into last season thinking that he was going to be like a low end RB one and obviously has taken a huge, huge dive from there. So uh, I'm pretty much staying away from those two guys. I didn't hear anything you said after you said that's funny because no one ever gives me credit for that. Simon is shaking his head. He knows how much that I appreciate that. You have definitely now have longer odds to get fired. Friedman. Um, I'll work on it. How, how, like, if you're Josh Jacobs, how mad and frustrated are you right now? Well, one, Chad, you should be fired for saying roots instead of routes. Okay, that's that's number one. Two, Josh Jacobs. We let, yeah, let's let's talk about it. He has to be furious. It's great that the team drafted him in the first round a couple of years ago. And from the fantasy perspective, you think okay, a a big back from Alabama who's 21 years old who was drafted in the first round. This guy is dynasty gold. And then they never use him as a receiver. He's good enough as a runner, but they don't use him enough as a receiver. And for fantasy. It's, it's poison for a running back not to be used in the receiving game. So, you know, going where he is right now in fantasy drafts, middle of round three, that's okay, but his upside is significantly capped. And really, you do want upside when you're going for fantasy. I should say, though, that as, as bad as this team looks, I do see some upside in John Brown because he's available like in the 22nd round and he's the like the lone professional receiver on this team. He actually like what Nelson Aguilar was last year and he was a surprise fantasy asset. John Brown actually might be the number one wide receiver on this team. And to be able to get him as the wide receiver 75, when in fantasy he could finish as maybe a low end wide receiver three, I think that's significant value. It's not sexy, but those are the types of picks, especially in best ball leagues that can really pay off. Simon, I know you have an opinion on what the Raiders have been doing right now. <laughs> yeah, and just a heads up, Chad, if I ever chuckle and say that's funny, in my mind, I'm hoping I hope this guy jumps off a bridge. It's never funny if someone says that's funny. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, that's funny. Um, she's just a sweetheart. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. This, I feel like I just wasted $2,000. This team is not winning a Super Bowl. They got rid of all their offensive linemen. Still love the offense, but I don't know. They're running back, having two running backs, it's such an ancient dinosaur sign. So it's right up Gruden and Madox Alley where it's like, okay, now you guys have two good running backs. And Josh Jacobs, I think, way better than Kenyon Drake. So I'm hoping it's one of those things where it's just adding assets that are, I still hope they're trading for Deshaun Watson. I mean, they have Carr now, they have a good running back they can trade to Houston, which Houston loves. So I don't really know. It kind of feels like our uh, our bet might be kind of dead there just because it, it, if you don't have an offensive line, you can have all the weapons in the world. What's Derek Carr going to do? He's not going to have any time. So it's just it's just been a weird offseason for someone that's a big backer of Oakland. Well, it feels like all of our futures bets are going by the wayside. Washington's not working out. Las Vegas it isn't going to work out. 
<laughs> we still have the Colts in Miami. Those are fun ones that might last. I forgot to bet the Colts. I still got to get that. But I did get the Chargers. I don't hate it. They, they've been pretty quiet um, with everything going on. It's going to be interesting to see what this offense is going to look like. But that's just one of the teams I, I – it's hard for me to have faith in them just in the fact that Herbert was incredible last year. And he was so good that he's not going to really sneak up on anyone this couple of coming seasons. So I got high hopes for him. I, I like them a lot, but it's just one of the teams I'm just not going to they're, – they're one of the rare teams that – if they weren't the Chargers, say this was uh, the Eagles or the Giants and they had the same exact quarterback, I probably would put a future on them. But the fact that it's the Chargers, I'm not doing it. They're just inherently cursed. So I'll, when, I, when, I, when they make the playoffs the following year, then I'll start betting them to, to win Super Bowls. All right. I have, I have one last question for each of you that is right up your alley. And then we're going to get to a special opening. We're going to do another opening with Simon Hunter. I'm not sure what we're going to open yet. Is it going to be a top shot? Is it going to be the package that Simon Hunter got from he doesn't know who, but there's (laughs) going to be an opening. The first question, Simon, it's going to you. And I'll throw it back to the beginning. After all this free agency, the team you most regret betting a future on or the team you are least likely to bet a future on now that some of the free agency signings have happened it's kind of the same where it's the Colts. I had really high hopes. The Colts were going to make a lot of moves here. They had a lot of salary cap and I know their general manager is really smart and he kind of likes to wait and see what's left over and get the best value for like the bang for his buck. But I just felt like there was a lot of players there that went on discount to certain teams that like, I don't know why the Colts didn't reach out and try to fill in these holes. Um, So for me, yeah, I would say it's the Colts that it's the team. I'm not going to like, you said you're going to bet them again. I don't know now. I, I might I might hold off on that and see what if they can add people on free agency or what they do in the draft. But um, as as far as we go for upside at this point, um, yeah, that that Oakland's bet feels like it's dead to rights, buddy. I I I, I don't know what moves they're going to make, but it, it, right now the moves they've made are just the worst ones. I'm a huge huge fan of offensive line and defensive line, and they've just made their O line a lot weaker. So for for me, the the worst one has to be Oakland. Simon, you're like 30 years old and you still call the Raiders Oakland, not Las Vegas. Matthew Friedman, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one at you that is right up your alley. With what's happened during free agency, which team with the right draft pick is most poised to make a move on the Super Bowl futures board? I would say the Panthers and part of it is that they haven't done anything stupid in free agency. They haven't traded away a lot of their ability to make moves in the draft. Uh, It's hard to know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson with his legal situation, but uh, if the Panthers could get a quarterback, they're right in it. Uh, I think defensively, they're going to improve. They, they spent all seven of their draft picks last year on defense, and it was markedly better last year. And it was, it was good in a bend but don't break fashion if it could continue to improve. And then, of course, if they can get a quarterback, that offense could really take off. And that offense was able to move the ball last year. They just weren't able to score many points. And so 
with the ability to move the ball, eventually points will come. If they can get a better passer, man, I, I think they move from, you know, 40 or 50 to one in the market to closer to 30 to one. Uh, I grabbed them before, uh, before free agency, shortly after the draft at 66 to one. I really like the value that I've had on them so far. I think a lot of it is just not making mistakes in free agency and by staying out of it and keeping their ability to sign more players uh, and then to make moves in the draft. Uh, I, I think they are positioned. Oh my God. I, I, I bet on the Panthers uh, future odds too. That's amazing. Simon did too. I think. Yeah, buddy. hundred to one. There you go. Nice. That's great. We're all in it. All right. Samantha for you, given everything that we've talked about, all of the free agency signings, what is, who is the one player you're looking at that given their new environment, you think is primed to break out and would be sort of your best sleeper pick as we speak for fantasy? There have been so, so many good moves for fantasy. Like I feel like there've been a lot of moves, but not ones that have been super fantasy friendly. I would say I, one of the signings I do like is Will Fuller to the Dolphins. I think he is a type of like stretch the field, deep threat that could really help. I mean, I think the verdict is very still much out on Tua. Uh, I think he's a very polarizing type topic right now. So it, it kind of, a lot of that will depend on kind of the progression that we see him take into year two, but I think that he could definitely improve this season. Um, Obviously he missed a lot of last season with the PED stuff. He'll miss the first game of this season, but I think he could certainly finish in that low end wide receiver one territory. If two is also progresses as well. I don't mind that. I feel like he was the, the Deshaun Watson security blanket. And then of course he's always getting injured and always, you know, getting suspended or whatever the case may be. And when you get him into a new system with another young quarterback and he's a strong weapon to get down the field. I like it. I like it a lot. Samantha Praviti, Matthew Friedman. Thank you for joining the favorites from the volume podcast network. Simon, we got to open some stuff, man. All right, folks, listen, there is nothing more exciting than opening packs. And we got Top Shot. We got another Top Shot pack. This time, Simon went all in. Simon, you went all in on a 2021 All-Star game, Top Shot. I'm kind of out of the Top Shot game now. Like, I'm tired of the glitches. I'm tired of not being able to sell anything. I'm tired of the beta. I'm tired of, like, how hard it is to get a pack. Explain to me what you did and what we're looking at. Wow, look at that. You're just like all the other people online. And I keep looking at the perspective that it's a free lottery ticket. And if you don't hit it, you don't spend any money. So it's one of those where people are complaining right now. There's 300,000 people in line and they feel like it's unfair. It's going to keep blowing up. But there's going to be millions and millions of people that are going to be in line to get these really small amount of packs. So we've seen the market going down. I think people have the same mentality of you. They're kind of sick of it. They just want to pull their money off the site. So again, these things are going to go in waves. That's why I'm just going to hold my cards because... This one's probably the most expensive one I paid. I think it was 229 for the pack. I'm not, I don't remember what's in it. I know there's an all-star. And there might be seven other moments in it. So obviously we're open for uh, a LeBron or a Steph Curry or something along those lines. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited to finally be able to open up the pack. Let's open it. It's so exciting when you get like the burst and the rotation. <laughs> we're clicking to reveal right now just so people know what's happening. I'm seeing up oh, the first one. It's a bonus. Ah, it's your boy. Bonus. My guy. Oh, God. 
Number two. We got a common. We got a, oh, Max Kleber. A Max yeah, Maxi Kleber. Jesus, not going well for you so far. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. We got a jump shot from Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony. Oh, Still my not God. Good. High serial numbers, like, too. Like, Cole Anthony was on the path to being, like, having a rookie of the year chance, and, you know, it's kind of falling off the map. Ooh, Team Durant, all-star three career. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard. Holy nice moly. Pull. That's a nice pull. Dude. So it's probably like Kawhi Leonard from the 2021 All-Star game. Always hope it's a dunk, but I'll take a three-pointer from Kawhi. It's just the name, yeah. right? Ooh, Hoping for LeBron common. Steal by oh, Thibel. I'm a Sixers Thibel, fan, so I'm happy. Who I with love, that. and you're a Sixers fan, so that's ooh, they headlined a steal, but it's really a dunk. No. Oh well, I, I got my money back. Oh, here we go. Daddy oh, Sean. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I got my money back. Dunk. Uh, my money back easy on the Kawhi. Kawhi's probably going for like four or five hundred. Cost two twenty nine, yeah. but again, yeah, I'm not gonna sell it. You'll totally get it back. A layup from Dante Oh, Villanova boy. Kenzo. There's another Philly boy for you. Good old Nova kid. Yeah, so not the best commons, but with uh we'll take it with uh Kawhi. Yeah, look, the Kawhi's a winner. It's just like, and the market is still sort of on fire, but it just feels like, you know, it had that moment for about two weeks where it's all anybody could talk about. But it's it was too much, bro. People shouldn't be paying 60 bucks for like a common card. It was like just insanity, the pricing. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the favorites on the Volume Podcast Network. We had Matthew Friedman. We had Samantha Praviti. We had Simon Hunter, my co-host. You can download it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back on Thursday for the Thunderdome Trivia Edition. Until next time, love you.